Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you listening? Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and you are tuned in to the Black Married and Debt-Free Podcast. My wife, Shire, and I were able to eliminate six figures worth of debt, and we're all about empowering others to do the same. So on this podcast, we'll be talking about investing, real estate, early retirement, marriage, and much more. But you don't have to worry. It won't be done in the same boring format that you're used to. We're going to put a little bit of swag on it. So enjoy today's episode. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife. Shira. And Shira, I mean, this is really cool. We're doing this virtually. Uh, how do you feel about this? I think that this is just the the new world, you know? I'm surprised that we haven't done more of our podcasts virtually. So basically, Marcus is in one location, and I'm actually in a different location. So it's pretty cool. Yes, and so this is just proves the dedication that we are providing to you, the listener. So we hope you're enjoying this. And, and you know, before we get started, Shire, let's, uh, let's just do some housekeeping. I'm, I like to do this uh, a little bit more now. So if you're not following us on YouTube, you need to be following us on YouTube, also Instagram. And uh, yeah, we have a lot going on. So please make yourselves familiar with those uh, platforms. But anyway, Shire, man, I really am excited to talk about this topic because um, you came in the room one morning and said, Marcus, I want to make a post about this. And I thought, you know what, Shire, this may be something we really want to dig on and talk about. So I'm going to turn it over to you. And uh, yeah, let's 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 get into it. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that this is an excellent topic. And as you already know, it has been heavily on my mind. And so I'll start by posing a question. Um, And the question is, is the gig economy helping or hurting the black community? Ooh, that's a good one. Say that one more time. Yes. Yes. Is the gig community, excuse me, is the gig economy (laughs) helping or hurting the black community? Yeah. And you know, Shia, I'm going to just be honest. When you first was telling me this, I was, I was a bit in my feelings. Because I was like, hey, man, you know, I hustle. I, 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 you know, this is a big part of what we talk about um, is, is side hustles and, you know, all those things. But I really like the angle. And the more I thought about it, I really like the question that you posed. And uh, it's, it's something really deep to consider. And hopefully our listeners will get a lot from this. Right. And so as we all know, we are still in the midst of a pandemic and many people have turned to gig type work to make ends meet. Um, It could be due to a job loss or even a reduction in income. And a survey that was conducted in 2018, and of course, this is before the pandemic, found that um, 44% of all respondents reported that they participated in the gig economy as their primary source of income. 
And 56% of Black respondents said that they participated in the gig economy just for extra money. So that statistic alone lets me know that when I see my brother or my sister doing gig type work, whether it's driving for Uber or Lyft or doing some online tasks, maybe DoorDash or other freelance work, that they are doing it out of necessity, not a hobby, not for extra money, but for survival. Yeah. And Shire, well, just to pause you there for a quick second, I think that that is the most profound part about it is because I use, you know, gig. And when we say gig economy, we're talking about driving for Uber. We're talking about any uh, private contract work, right? Work where you're going to get a 1099 at the end of the year. Work that you're not a W-2 employee, you know what I mean? Work that's like hustle and, and, and things like that. When I do it, I'm doing it to, and we're going to get into more into this, but it's not my main source of income. But what you're saying is there's a lot of individuals where that's all they have. So that's what we're highlighting. Continue, please. <laughs> right. And so another part of this conversation um, goes back to what you just said. And that is, you know, the gig economy is a part of the hustle. Mm-hmm. And I do want to talk a moment about how we glorify the hustle. Like we talk about we hustling, we hustling day and night, you know, um, individuals talk about it. And, you know, I even think about the late great rapper Nipsey Hussle, you know, even in his story, um, how he was selling his CDs and, you know, until he made it to the top. And um, we as a people and as a culture, and even I'm guilty of this, really glorify side hustles. And um, I was looking at an article, it was in Time Magazine, and it was titled, Nearly Six Decades After the Civil Rights Act, Why Do Black Workers Still Have to Hustle to Get Ahead? And one of the profound quotes in this article said that hustle is for surviving a rigged game. Wow. So, like, what what are your thoughts on that? And I will speak to the author's um, thoughts and intentions. Was uh, the author was just um, highlighting the income inequality that exists um, in our country? Yeah, I think that's very profound. I was listening to one of the many uh, night nighttime talk show hosts, um, you know, and they were, I forget who it was, you know, specifically, but they were speaking about how. At one point, and I spoke on this too, your parents or your grandparents, there was a certain thing called a livable wage. When one job, it had a pension, and you weren't you weren't going to be a, a millionaire working this job, but you were going to be able to have a good life and be able to retire at some point. But now, to have that quote-unquote livable wage lifestyle, you need you to have a job, your wife or spouse or husband or partner to have a job and y'all need to have some side hustles. So what that speaks to is that's the only way to really navigate this rigged game. And I, and I think that's very profound that, that, that writer said that because it's, it's, it's becoming something that you have to do instead of something that you want to do or something you want to add on to your income. Right. And that's such a great point um, that, you know, that you just, 
basically what, what you just said, um, because when the gig economy, when it was new, it was presented as this wonderful opportunity that you can be your own boss. Um, you can approach work in a, in a new way. You can be an independent contractor. You know, you're a small business. Um, but really, is it really a small business if you're doing it purely out of necessity? And I think that can kind of take us to some of the pros and some of the cons. And, you know, let's just explore it from, you know, our personal experience. I know that we did a video about side hustles on YouTube. And this video has over 200,000 views when we're talking about um, our eight side hustles. And so I'm not sure how that happened. I don't know how we got that many views, but it really speaks to how um, popular um, this topic is. So in your experience, like what are some of the pros and some of the cons of gig work? Yeah, definitely, Shire. Well, some of the pros for me is uh, flexibility. Yeah, that's the number one pro is that I can do it when I want, at whatever time I want, for how long I want, or how short I want. With the nine to five, you're, you clock in, you punch a clock, and you're on that clock. Like right now, I'm using my lunch, you know, to really record this podcast while I'm on my nine to five, my eight hours that I have to do. So um, that's the beautiful part for me. That's a pro. Um, and now it all depends on what gig you're doing. A lot of the more popular gigs, like the ride share gig, right? For me, the plus is it's very flexible, but the con is you're sometimes sitting there waiting for that ping or, you know, that that time isn't accounted for when you're waiting for work, you know. And then, of course, we know that you're not going to really be able to have a retirement or have benefits when you're doing a lot of these gig things. I know you're going to get into that later. So those are just a couple of the pros and cons for me. Absolutely. And like one of the things that you mentioned is like if you're driving for a ride share you're literally waiting for a ping Mm -hmm. and that lets me know that you know these companies are not valuing the your time you know like they should and a lot of times you'll see um cars with multiple stickers you know they got a sticker for uber they have a sticker for lyft and that really shows that those industries are in some areas oversaturated to where people have to run multiple apps simultaneously um, just to engage in work. Um, and, you know, I really do like the pros that you mentioned. I totally agree. I think that people don't mind the idea of work, but a job sometimes can have uh, some negative stigma attached to it. Like, I want to work, but I don't want a traditional type job. And also, as you mentioned, you know, if you are a part of the gig economy, you don't have access to a, to most traditional retirement plans, such as a 401k. And I think that that becomes a big deal when we look at how these companies have profited, um, even in the middle of a pandemic. Um, you can look at Uber. Uber is valued at $78 billion dollars. So they're making all this profit, but won't invest any income into the long-term well-being of the driver. 
And a lot of these companies, you know, are multi billion dollar companies. And um, when we look at like the black wealth gap, uh, one statistic that I found in an article in Bloomberg um, posted in July, 2020 said that African-Americans held only 1.6% of corporate stock and mutual fund shares in the U S. So we are the ones doing the work, but it's these companies that are prospering. Right. And, and, and I think, Shari, that those statistics are staggering. The crazy thing is like, it's all presented to you. Like you're the beneficiary. It, it's presented like you're the one who's really getting the, the, the best end of the bargain when reality is it's, it's the company, man. I mean, to start a company where your whole business model is based on people using their own vehicle to deliver for you. All you did was create the, the application and create the tech and you literally have minions, if you will, (laughs) or you have (laughs) us doing the dirty work with our own vehicle, you know? um, So you have to look, we know that there's a lot of, and I think you said it earlier, it's, it's a fix. It's, it's rigged. It's rigged, not in our favor. So I think it's important for us to know like, Hey, if I'm going to do this, I need to be using this to my advantage. And we're going to get into that later, exactly how you you can do that. And the mindset you have to have when you're doing these gigs, you know, it can't be, man, this is, this is, you know, you have to come into it with the right mindset, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, feel that we were having a conversation about someone that you knew that quit their nine to five job to drive for Uber, you know, because they really wanted that flexibility. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this person was pretty young in their career. um, But that's the choice that a lot of people are making. And when we as a society show that we're okay with contract type work with you know, being an independent um, contractor, then companies will feel emboldened to um, present those type of work opportunities in lieu of the traditional nine to five type of work um, with the benefits that come along with it. And I think that you're absolutely right about a lot of the liability falling on people of color who participate in the gig economy. We have to consider who's delivering the food and and who's, you know, getting the food delivered to them. I think that's something to consider, too. I mean, my hey, I I like to drive for Uber. Uh, I did that a lot last year. And but I did it with a specific goal in mind, a specific purpose in mind. But in my driving, hey, I'm a black guy. You know what I mean? And I'm driving in these nice neighborhoods sometimes delivering food to people who can afford to have food delivered to them. Right. And I think that there's a metaphor there, you know, or something we could pull from that. We could draw from that and say, wow, you know, it's just something to think about, you know what I mean? So I think that's, that's, that's definitely pretty profound. And that could be a microcosm of what this whole thing that we're talking about is. Exactly. You know, who's really benefiting from this? 
Right, right. And I think um, with especially ride share and other contract work that people of all races and demographics do participate in them. So it's not just like, you know, all black people, you right. know what I'm saying? So right. it, 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 there is a spectrum, there is a spectrum, but we do want to see who's on the receiving end and on the receiving end of these services, you know, are more affluent people who can right. pay the extra, right. um, t- you know, to have these luxuries. Yeah. So I guess one of the things that you've been hinting at this entire time is the other side of the coin, right? There's two sides to it. Um, Does the gig economy take advantage of an already bad situation? You know, for some families, I think the answer to that is yes. Yes. Um, But according to um, a statistic that I read earlier, 50% of Black respondents said that they are participating in the gig economy for extra money. So let's talk about the extra money. Yeah. Let's talk about it, Shara. I mean, because... Let's make it personal for 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 me. There there are two benefits to it, and like I said earlier, I think it's important to go into it with the right mindset. For me, last year we had a goal. We said we want to create. Uh, my first goal was five thousand extra dollars, right, to go towards a rental property. Then you said, well, ten would be would feel a lot better. So I was like, okay, let's do ten. So one of the strategies was driving for a ride share. And that's why I did it. I did it because I had a specific goal in mind and I was going to exhaust multiple options to get to that end goal. Another reason is when it comes tax season, I'm able to to use private contractor gig work to write off certain expenses so that, you know, I'm able to have a, a, you know, benefit in some way uh, during tax season. Now I recommend you, hire a professional CPA or tax advisor. Don't take my word for that. But that's kind of my mindset. So I went into it saying, you know what? I know this is rigged. I know this is, is it's more beneficial for the business owner, but I'm going to use it for a specific reason. And I think when you're doing that, you're using it in the right way. And, I, and, and so I think that's kind of what we wanted to highlight, right? Correct, Shire? Well, let me ask you something. Did you reach your goal? I reached my goal. And then did you continue to do the ride share? That is so funny that you asked that. Like, as soon as I reached my goal, I still have those apps. They are consistently saying, Marcus, come drive. You can earn this money. Like, they're begging me to get back on the road and drive. But I have not done it because I, I knew that, I was getting the short end of the stick. You know what I mean? And as soon as I was able to accomplish my goal, I haven't looked back. I just thought about that. Like while we were talking about this, I was like, dang, I have not, those apps still sit on my phone and I just don't do them because I got what I needed from them. And that's really the mindset you want to have. Right. And like, you were really motivated to drive. You would, you would like overbook your time because you were so focused on your goal. And you accomplished it. And, you know, we are taking that next step towards acquiring our next rental property, which is really great. Yeah. Um, So it sounds like you're using it as a, you know, like a means to an end. Right. Meaning like I'm going to take advantage of this app 
but at some point it's going, it's going to end, right? <laughs> you know? And, um, when it says that folks are using it to make extra money, like be purposeful in yeah. that. I mean, especially if you're in that 56%, be intentional with that. Use that money to boost your savings, to pay down your debt, um, save for a, a rental property, save for a down payment on a home, like be purposeful, invest. Um, so I think that there are definitely smart ways that, people of color can take advantage of the gig economy, but, you know, but we still should be cautious and still um, understand some of the implications that might come with it. You yeah. know, I think you said it best. Um, when just in our conversation, you said, use it something to the effect of use it to pay off debt and then buy assets. If you're, if, if you're using it for anything outside of that, just know that you're not, you're not really the, the, the it, it could be, it could be hurting you. Let's say that. I know that there's people out there that's like, Hey man, I got to do this. Well, that's different. Right. And, and, and hopefully if you're doing it, you're you're doing it with the mindset of I'm going to get out of this hole and then I'm going to move on to bigger and better. And that's just kind of the point we want to, I think we want to drive home is that uh, we know that you may be in a situation where this is what I have to do. And, and, and the economy is set up to where there's many people that are with are going without and don't have good employment. And this is something that they have to do. But the goal is, and what we want to preach and what we always want to, you know, share with our listeners is that aspire for better, have a plan. I'm going to do this for this season you know, let it be more of a, a hustle season, then this is just what you do on the regular. Because the goal is to get it to where you're not having to hustle and, and put your time out there to make that money. But then you can be in a position where your money's making money for you, you know, working harder for you than you're working for it. Let's, let's say. Right. Right. It's creating those passive streams of income right. instead, of to, instead of always having to work for income. And that's not easy to do. No. It's not easy to do. You know, some, you know, you can get caught up sometimes in social media and people make it seem so easy, you know, but it doesn't come easy for everyone. Yeah. And that's just the reality of it. And then also with gigs, you know, the gig economy does extend beyond Uber and Lyft. It could be, you know, maybe you're a writer, or you're doing other contract type work. And in some instances, people have been able to turn um, a gig into a full-time profession. And if you're turning your gig into a business that you own, then more power to you. I mean, that is awesome. I mean, business is a way to create wealth. So that is good. Yeah, that's great, Char. That's great stuff, man. I mean, thank you for for bringing this topic up and I'm glad we were able to sit down and talk about it at length because I think it did it a lot of justice. Uh, so any final thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, I really liked how you summed it up, you know, work, use it to your advantage and let it not be your end game, you know, depending on what you're doing to earn income, just stay focused, stay focused on your short-term goals and your long-term goals and if you do decide to participate 
in the gig economy, then do it to your advantage. Yes. Well, that's good, Shara. Uh, you know, I appreciate this conversation. It was great to finally record a podcast with you. It's been a few weeks. So I hope I our listeners enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, for Black Married and Free, this is Marcus Murray, and I'm here with my lovely wife. Shira. And we're going to catch y'all on the next episode. Peace. Bye. Perfect. Yo, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. We hope that we said something that you can take away and apply. We are here to inform and to inspire. So do us a huge favor and don't forget to rate this podcast five stars on whatever platform you're streaming us. And if you want to become a supporter of the Black Merit and Death Free podcast, you can do so by clicking on the link below. That's it for now. Till next time, I'll let you guys later.